Welcome to Whiskey Fent, where we believe every bottle of whiskey has a story to tell. Three guys, one bottle, endless bonding. Here are your hosts, Brian, Evan, and JJ. All right, welcome back, everybody. This is Whiskey Fit. This is Evan speaking. We have Ryan as usual, and Doc JJ has joined us. We have a special edition treat, if you will, today. We are going to dive into a whiskey, if you want to call it a whiskey, called Kentucky. Some of you may be familiar with Kentucky Deluxe. This is not Kentucky Deluxe, and it actually has no tie to Kentucky Deluxe. Never heard of either one of those until this fool starts talking about it. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> For those of you that may have been poorer, poorer, or you were just looking to get drunk at some point in your life, you may have run into these, but I'll explain more. This disproves Ryan's statement from a couple other podcasts. Not all whiskeys come in 750 milliliter <laughs> bottles. Not all whiskeys come in glass bottles. This actually comes in a 200 milliliter plastic little bottle. Screw Maybe. off top. Screw off top, yeah. This isn't even like an airplane bottle. Yeah, I mean, this is a... Uh, it genuinely looks like something out of an old West, like Wild West movie. But anyway... It, it's a flask. It, it's exactly what I... But it's exactly what I said in that episode. Like, in that episode that you're speaking of, I said that. I said, you drink things that are in a one-gallon plastic container... Or or a small plastic container that you essentially put in your pocket or a small paper bag. Yeah, this is what this is. It's the it's it it looks and I don't know what it smells or tastes like yet, but it looks like what you would put in a hip flask. It looks like a hip flask. This could possibly be the most depressed I've been to do one of these episodes <laughs> yet. I'm gonna try to not let that come through. Yeah. All right, so you're just mad because it doesn't have a mash blend. God. <laughs> so we'll, yeah, we'll get to all that. But we've we've poured it. I'll let them oh, smell it. But here's no. why why we're embarking on Kentucky Deluxe, and it is it is a journey. That's why I do say embark. It smells like paint thinner. <clears throat> smells like paint thinner. So in 2013, actually in 2012, I had just finished a graduate assistantship. At the college that I went to, Austin College, shout out, not in Austin, it's in Sherman, Texas. I had just finished a graduate assistantship. I had just gotten a master's degree. I was, you know, well-educated, bachelor's, master's. And so what I did was, you know, naturally what you do after you get a bachelor's and master's is I drove out to Louisiana, to the middle of Louisiana, where there's a school that I worked at called Northwestern State. And I worked for no money. I actually pulled out more scholarships so that I could at least just live and pay rent for about the first six months of being there. After six months, I was awarded, quotations, I was awarded a, promo a promotion to my first full-time job as a 23-year-old in the world with two degrees, really educated, all the great things. And Northwestern State offered me, and I took a job for $20,000 benefits and uh, a cell phone. And I thought I was on the king of the mountain. Flip phone. It was not. Was it, was it the Nokia? Uh, brick Nokia fifty one sixty or something. So he's a lot younger than us. Never mind. That one, <laughs> no. the, the candy bar phone, Motorola Star Trek. Or it was it. It was it was an iPhone. It was an iPhone. Oh, it was geez. nice. Oh, wow. It was still my iPhone. Two thousand ten. Two thousand thirteen. Two thousand thirteen. God, that's impressive. So that was my first full time was it job. The first iPhone. Probably. Okay. I mean, honestly, I think it was. Anyway, for any of you that have ever made twenty thousand dollars in your for an annual, not like in a month, but like. An annual 
uh, salary, you make about $590 every two weeks after taxes. As an adult. Mm -hmm. So I lived in a two-bedroom apartment, two-bedroom, one, uh, two-bed, two-bath apartment for $495 total. That was between the two of us a month. Nice. Um, Yeah, yeah. And did all my laundry at the school that I worked at, ate at the cafeteria that I worked at, and whatever money I had left over, I tried to save, you know, and do whatever I could with. But anyway... I used to, in college, I drank Bush Light, Natural Light, all that jazz, <clears throat> and we would drink Kentucky Deluxe, or KD, as we called it, whiskey, and when I got to Natchitoches, is where I was at, Northwestern State, in Natchitoches, Louisiana, the liquor stores, there's three of them in the town. All of them were pretty much worked by athletes, and those athletes knew their coach, which is what I was doing out there. I was one of their coaches, and so I would drive by to get alcohol on a Friday night because we would live for Friday nights. We worked 80 hour weeks or whatever it was, just like everybody that comes straight out of college. They're trying to make their way in the world. And so they work as much as they can humanly work. And we did the same thing. I would live for Friday and Saturday nights for the, you know, the eight hours that we had where we weren't at work. But Kentucky Deluxe was just a little bit too pricey for my budget. That was top shelf. That was was second shelf. shelf from the bottom. It was just a little too high for what I could afford, genuinely. That's not an exaggeration either. And so one of the athletes, and I don't remember who, that was working at the liquor store was like, Coach, have you ever done Kentucky Dale? And I was like, no. And they said, Dumb. well, yeah. and, this is, and this is honestly, Do I don't do math. <laughs> I don't say this in a, I say this with a loving heart. I don't say this in a bad way. The way that they introduced it to me is they were like, it's, we sell it to our three or four customers that are like daily customers that come by to get their fix of alcohol. They're, they're alcoholics. Yeah. But this was cheap. So this 200 milliliter bottle cost me four ninety nine, and we actually just found a one liter bottle online right now. You could get today, today right now in 2021, you could get a one liter bottle for $9 and 99 cents. <clears throat> so, that's the story behind it. Uh, Ryan has taken. A- I, I made Ryan drink first just to make sure he didn't die. <laughs> Ryan has taken a sip. We, by the way, we did not fib this. We are doing it the same way we always have. We have put it neat first for a sip, mm-hmm. and then we'll put it over ice. But Ryan, it's that is high school. That's a high school Friday night. That's what that tastes like. Dude, can we go back to the BV? It's like high school Friday night. It tastes like somebody. Put something in my cup. I don't know what it is, but it doesn't matter because you're just trying to get drunk thing. That's what it tastes like. JJ, because I've got it in my head. I know exactly what it is right now. It's not what it is. It's, uh, it's a hybrid between rubbing alcohol and paint thinner. Yeah. So <laughs> it is pretty rough. No I do actually have a little bit of, of syrupy taste to it. Uh, syrup. Syrup I would give. So I do have some syrupy taste, but Ryan kind of hit it on the head. The best way to describe this is think of the first time that you ever yeah. may have had alcohol. You went to a party or you went to a friend's house and you probably mixed your liquors together and somebody made you a drink and put entirely too much whiskey yeah. to the mixer. So mm-hmm. like that whole, let me pour four fingers of whiskey to two fingers of Coke. Yeah. That's exactly what this tastes like. There's a syrupy taste that covers up the burn and that's it. So let, let's talk about why that is because I it actually I put it on ice. It got worse on ice. <laughs> I haven't even done. 
I got to put it on ice. It, so, oh man, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> it's great when you have the educated ones. They're just they're stumped. Oh, they're we're not stumped. We're just so like so my tongue the hurts. bottle and the stuff that you look online. Actually, there's a question on it that says, "Is this?" Uh oh. <laughs> that was my mic falling over out of <laughs> desperate despair, desperation. Of, Sorry for your ears. Bourbon. Anyway, so there's actually questions online that say, is Kentucky Dale a real whiskey? Like, that's literally the question. On the front of the bottle, it says that it's 20% whiskey. <laughs> which, 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 our research, by technicality, Makes it a whiskey yeah, because I it mean, is twenty percent whiskey. Twenty percent whiskey, and it's apparently fifty-one percent corn in there, and eighty uh, percent <laughs> grain neutral spirit. That sounds it's the rubbing alcohol. <laughs> so, a couple of things about this. One, it's funny because the people that distill it, it's Barton's Distillery, seventeen ninety-two, who actually make like quality, legitimate, legitimate whiskeys. If you go to their website, they don't even have this right. um, listed. You you yeah. specifically have to search for Kentucky Dale and to do any sort of research. My friend, you did a fine job tracking this one down for us. Yeah, so, yeah. So I had this to, isn't even from the state of Texas, right? No, no, it's not. You had to and travel for this one. People need to respect that. I for for my <laughs> I don't know if that's gonna go that far, but for my current job, I travel all around the region. And was driving through Louisiana and stopped at a French bakery and bought. I love. I tell my wife this story all the time. Is that in the state of Louisiana? God love them, and I love my four years there. I stopped at a gas station, French bakery. I got a tank of which I don't remember what that cost. Probably like thirty bucks, normal tank of gas. But I went inside and I bought a po' boy, a pastry, a smart water, and this Kentucky Dale, <laughs> and all at the same register all without showing my ID, all for under $10. And I have mm. the receipt to prove that. So Dude, The smart water alone is like five. Right. <laughs> so that should just tell you about the po' boy and then specifically about the, the whiskey in general or what we call our whiskey. But uh, whew, it's liquid alcohol. It is near and dear to my heart. Um, and I just put it on ice too, and I agree with JJ. It is, it is awful because <laughs> the, the ice – Takes away the syrup and it waters it down, and so oh, it all makes it more fragrant. Immediately it gives me a headache. It, yeah, it makes it immediately more- gives me a hangover. <laughs> That's awesome. So somebody, somebody writes online and it says, the question says, "Is it a whiskey?" And then it says that it technically falls into the categories of blended. We kind of talked about that. And then it's the way that he justifies it. He says, "Is a chicken nugget chicken if only one fifth of it weight is chicken?" <laughs> Is maple syrup really made of maple syrup if just a fraction of its volume was trapped from a tree? <laughs> Those are some profound questions for our age. And it's true. It's it's, it's bad. And we'll we'll still do our, our rating system at the end over it, and we'll drink it all down. But the reason I brought it, and I'm interested to hear y'all's side as well, is because it is near and dear to my heart. Because, as I hinted to sarcastically at the very beginning... I was a 23-year-old person with two degrees who I came from an affluent household where my parents gave me every opportunity to succeed. God loved them for that and chased my dream. One parent, my mom was, hey, do what you do. Go chase it. My dad was not supportive, not because he didn't believe in it, but he just he didn't want me to struggle. And I respect my dad for that, And but I obviously did not heed his warning at all. Um, and I went out and did this, but... 
it's a quick reminder to me anytime that I drive around and, and bitch about, I don't know, there being traffic or this, that, and the other, that for 12 months of my life, I was living in what was considered government housing with a roommate that I didn't know, was working 80 hours a week for a university that didn't love me back. I loved it with all of my heart and I still love it because it's where I met my wife, but it, it just, it's a, it's a nice breath of reminder of this is where you came from. There's so many phenomenal relationships that I still hold to this day because of that university, but I can remember more stories that I'll never be able to tell having to do with this of working Monday through really Friday from 4 a.m. to 9 p.m. and on Friday night, tying one off, going to work Saturday because you know you still work on Saturdays, tying one off on Saturday night and then going working all day on Sunday as well. But you lived, we lived for Fridays and we lived for Saturdays. <clears throat> Hindsight 2020, was it all worth it? I think it was absolutely worth it. Again, met my wife. I learned so much from being in those positions. It led me to really cool situations after that. But I, I always believe somebody not somebody, everybody should have that. They shouldn't have it for a long time. I, yeah. I don't I don't want to wish that upon anybody. Mine was only like 24 months where I was really uncomfortable, probably more like 18 months. And at the same time, I'll be the first to tell you, I always had a support net. Like I was never going to fail. I could always- You always had a parachute. I always, somewhere to bail out Yeah, to. I always had somewhere to bail out to. That bailout I never used and they never put themselves on me. They let me, but everybody should go through that. And- I know you did fire, Ryan did fire, you know, department, JJ, you have been through the whirlwind when it comes to just chiropractic and up and down and left and right. And is there, it doesn't even have to be liquor. Is there something that always just reminds you of like, man, there was some, there is a lot shittier times out there than what I'm currently going through right now. Shittier times. Yeah. And you know, I don't know if I want to go through it that way. What I, what I'll say for me it was undergrad. That was that was the last time I probably lived for the Friday Saturday night. You don't live for Friday and Saturday yeah. now? No, man. I, like I set my own schedule. I, like <laughs> every day is Friday for me if I want it to yeah. be. I mean, shit. Or every day is Monday, one or the other. Yeah, <laughs> that's true too. But like, so in in undergrad, I, I got. I don't say I got stupid with my schedule because because it, it got me out of school on time. It got it got me through undergrad in four years, but I did a summer session of school, which was I took organic chemistry, which was three hours of lecture. I took organic chemistry lab, which was three hours of lab, which in a summer session is what five weeks. So I was in organic chemistry lecture lab from eight a.m. to five p.m. every day. I had an hour for lunch. And then I would have to go home and read the read the stuff, and right. then write hand write out lab reports. You're aging yourself right there. But that's yeah, okay. no, I know, but that's what we had to do, right? <laughs> so we had to write these damn things out, and we had to do. And it wasn't like these lab reports that you did in basic chemistry. It was like we had to actually like write out. We didn't. They didn't have a. Here's your procedure. It's like the guy lectured the procedure. You had to take the notes. You had to write it out. You had to do what he did in the lecture. There was no books for this right. course, so we had to do it old school like that. And we had to write that out. That writing that out took me about three to five hours for each one of those. They were due every other day. So I was like basically getting shit housed from 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. every day. Not shit housed in the good way, like alcohol, but like yeah, shit. And then Thursday night, I would walk up to the, and my buddy was doing the same thing with me. We would walk up, set our two cases of natural light on the counter for, for 15 bucks. 
we walked out, we drank a case Friday night, we drank a case Saturday night, and that was, and we just sat on the patio and basically didn't speak to each other. So that was, that was kind of the, the time where it's like, you know what, that was that 80 hour weeks. And I've been through it like when I was starting my practice and doing things like that, but that was the time that was nose to the grindstone. So that was like getting, that was getting crushed. It was natural light for me was that time was that. And there's times when I was stressed out and, and getting worked and, and getting crushed by running my business and stuff. But that was probably the one that comes to mind out of that, like mindset with like the, the, we had four guys in that one pristine apartment. clean bathroom no doubt oh dude it was horrible like i didn't want to go in that thing half the time the bathroom man that bathtub that was awful and the bad part about it it was a house that the guy sealed the the upstairs and downstairs it was like built in 1908 oh and you rented it out twice yeah i rented out the like four bedrooms upstairs three bedrooms yep. downstairs yep and they weren't real bedrooms oh god so yeah the cockroaches in that thing probably had better degrees than Ooh. i did we, so what are, what are we going on? Four years friendship, right? Sound about right? 2017, four yeah, years. So yeah. four years of friendship. If you go back like three minutes ago in this podcast or four minutes ago, that was about as emotional as I ever heard you be <laughs> in like four years. <laughs> it was really interesting how a $4 cried. bottle of blended whiskey brought that out of you. That's very interesting. It's not surprising at all that a $4 bottle of whiskey <laughs> did that to you. And nothing else that we've experienced in the last four years, <laughs> like marriage and babies and stuff like that. Anyway, that's cool. Anyway, I wanted to, I wanted to make sure that I that I have that documented. But I'm always the I'm always the outlier on this stuff because I didn't have the college experience because I didn't do that because I you yeah. Know, but you, I, I went to a couple semesters of community college and then at 20 I got hired on a fire department. But when I went to the fire department, like the first six months I was in recruit school, I lived with a friend of mine rent free, so there was no struggle there. I think. I think this was 2000, this was 2000, I think 30 or $31,000 was my starting pay on a government job with benefits as a 21 year old, 20 year old kid at that time. But then a 21 year old kid, kid soon off, like that was really crazy. That was really good. Yeah. Like no, really I know. good. A kid in a candy store. Yeah, right. So like, and I didn't, actually wasn't bad money. In no, 2000, no. Right? So like, I didn't have that there. And then when I got out of recruit school, you know, six or eight months later, same deal, same setup as you guys where I got an apartment for the first year. And then after that, we rented a townhouse. So I lived with four or five guys at any one time for, God, six or seven years until Alyssa and I met and she moved to, to Texas. But but we just I just never had that struggle because I think I had, you know, I had locked up a job, a government job on the fire department, which is such a phenomenal job at such a young age that... I guess I never had that fear of failure or fear of needing a bell out or any of that kind of stuff. And but did you not have it when you started the CrossFit gym? Uh, or did you know you were going to succeed? So, no, for for sure. Here's what I think, two things with, the, with starting a CrossFit gym. And actually, Britt and I off air just talked about this an hour ago. Is that when I left the fire department, I got a pretty big check from all of my leave and things that I had saved up over 12 or almost 13 year career that I had cashed in to start the gym. So even if the gym went totally belly up in a year or two, I wasn't, I mean, I was out money, but I wasn't out a single dollar because it really wasn't my money. It was leave money that I had saved and it would never, we never used it to live off of. Right. Right. And that whole time, two things happened. Number one, I had a wife that was very supportive that had a good job that, awesome. that could help and support. Yeah, yeah. And the other part, part of that was, I think, I think I was too, I don't think I realized the possibilities of failure, not because I was confident it was going to succeed, 
because I'm not an entrepreneur at heart. I'm not an entrepreneur in my mind. I've never set out to be. So it was kind of by a whim that it even happened. Right. And I think that I didn't really understand what could really happen. I didn't understand that I could fail and lose it all. But I think, not cutting you off, that is that is probably what Kentucky Dale genuinely reminds me of. And I've now just at 32, about to be 33, at 32 and remembering, remembering from nine years ago <clears throat> is when I went out to Louisiana, there was no... I didn't even like I was going out to Louisiana with no money. Yeah. And I and I knew that, but it was never it never crossed my mind that I wasn't going to I guess I didn't set this up. I I the reason I went to Louisiana is I wanted to be a division 1 head strength coach and I was bound and determined to do that in any way that I wanted to in any possible way. And then and when he, was, then when he found out they had to roll up their sleeves and they had to motivate people on the sidelines and yell and shit, he was like, "No, nah, I'm out. I'm not into that." Anyway, sorry, go ahead. So, I don't know, he does have that God, I want no, I want to attach this YouTube video. <laughs> Look, look up Northwestern, <laughs> look up Northwestern strength and conditioning coach, and you will see the exact YouTube video of why Evan did not want to be a division one strength and conditioning coach anymore. Anyway, go ahead. So, <laughs> he's I not, have to have that tag he's, he's not wrong. He's I'm not, not far wrong. off. But I went out there because I thought it was, it's a totally different episode, totally different conversation, but I thought that was the end all be all. And I went out and, and did exactly what Ryan's talking about when he did with the CrossFit gym is it never crossed my mind that I ever could fail. It never crossed my mind that I wasn't going to be successful in the college rank. The only thing that ever crossed my mind is maybe I wouldn't reach the pinnacle. Maybe I wouldn't reach the, the peak. And when I say that, the power five director of strength and conditioning. And I never did. I had success. I was able to be a head strength coach of a division one university. I was able to be a head strength coach of sports at power five schools, but I never got to the quote unquote, the pinnacle through all of that. It never crossed my mind that I was ever going to fail. But what I've looked at back on after nine years is I'm super close with my family. I'm super, I'm even closer to my brother. The things that people sacrifice and are willing to sacrifice to do that type of stuff is incredible at times. And <clears throat> I think this is not emotional at all, but a little tidbit. I think we are quick to judge people. We're quick to judge like people, high profile people and say, well, they're actively throwing away relationships. They're actively throwing away other parts of their life. Those people don't even know. Like they don't, it, it's not processing to them that they're even doing that. They're not making an active choice to stay away from other things in life. They're genuinely, they're so razor focused and singular focused. They have no idea the rest of that is going on. I went from 23 to 20, I think I met my wife when I was 27, maybe 26. But I went from 23 to 27, basically when I got to Kansas State in cared about nothing but being a strength coach and being the best strength coach in the world, to be honest. And it wasn't until really I met my wife and then I kind of also started to open up my thought processes to other things that I realized I was like, whoa, A, I've accomplished some things. B, there is so much more, so much more to life. And so maybe at heart, that's what the Kentucky Dale is, is it does remind me of my times in Northwestern State, but I think there also needs to be, it's two sides. Give credit to those elites. 
that go and, and find a way to do that. But also don't judge them because they have no idea that they're like, we like to say that Nick Saban has no life. He doesn't know, nor does he care. Right. Like he's doing what he wants to do. Yeah. I think I, I often think about that whole man. When I started this thing, when I started it, I didn't think about failure. What if I would have failed kind of thing or whatever, but then kind of as you're talking and I'm thinking about it, and I'm sure you were the same way is that, I think it never, it never dawned on me that I could fail because I, I think I would never have let it fail. So I'm sure it was 70, 80, 90 hours a week when it first started. I would do that today after almost, almost nine years of it. Right. If it required me to do 80 hours in a week to make sure it stayed up where it is now, like I, I would do that. Right. Like it doesn't bother me to know that I have to work that much. And that's the sign of you're still doing what you're meant and you'd love to do. That was my right. sign that I no longer needed to be in what I was doing because while right. I was at Kansas State, I wanted to start going home more and seeing my family. I wanted to start spending more time with Brittany because her and I's relationship was flourishing. I wanted to spend more time doing other things. That never crossed my mind the first four years into it is this is what I want to do. And so that was my first sign of like, yep, you, you need to change. Get, like you need to get out of this situation because this is not what you want to be at. And JJ smiling over here, which I can only assume that that's probably somewhere along the lines of what he has experienced. Yeah. And it's a nerd thing too. It's like you look at age, right? <clears throat> Brain doesn't mature. That frontal cortex doesn't come in and Aaron's going to like slap me for going nerdy. But it's true. Like that, but it's like it you plays. don't, it's like that until so, it plays. Every podcast needs a nerd. Yep. Well, this one, hey, we can't nerd out on the whiskey. <laughs> I got to nerd out on neurology. <laughs> so. No, it's, and I tell, I've, I've expressed that to other people as well who have asked, even in my current job, there's people around that have always asked that kind of stuff of how did you know? Because you made such a drastic change. I went from coaching college at the division one level to then coaching middle school and high school kids. And people asked, how did, you know, how did that come about? And then dropped coaching, not completely, but then got out of it being full-time and now I'm in sales. So people have asked how that has happened. Um, I still coach CrossFit on the side with uh, at Ryan's gym. People have asked how that works. And to be honest, I've always just kind of used the guide of uh, if you're happy doing what you're doing, then then it's something like Ryan said, you're willing to continue. To, I'm willing to to work at the CrossFit gym. I'm willing to work at the sales job that I'm at right now. And the moments that I start to feel like, man, I just, I'm not happy. This is not fun anymore. Then what the hell are you doing? I mean, that was, those were my kind of light bulb moments that I, but you don't, to JJ's point, you don't realize that until you're 26, 27, 28, I guess women's matures earlier, supposedly. I don't know. I, I could argue that, but no. Anyway, we got real serious. To Ryan's credit, whiskey is gone out of his glass. JJ is just yeah, about to finish it. Right. So, yeah, the world should know that I drank mine first. JJ <laughs> is now second. And the guy that brought this plastic bottle is having a hard time finishing his. Well, hold on. Let the world also know that a lot. every podcast that we've had, I this is ranked true. I have always been last on the whiskey. Every podcast. Even the Red Breast, which is the one that I like the most so far. Hmm. I, I've always been last. So to wrap it all up, first of all, thanks everybody for listening to my TED Talk rant, whatever it's called. <laughs>
Ryan, you have I don't you need, have 45, I don't need 45 seconds. seconds. That's way, it's way too long to explain this. Well, I can't advocate for people under 21 drinking, so I don't want to talk to high school kids or 19 or 21-year-olds. So for some odd reason that you're of, of the age to, to drink legally, and, and this is the first thing that you see, if you can even find it, right? Because you might not even be able to find yeah, it. Yeah, you might could, not even be able to find it. Which could be an advantage for you. True. But if you do happen to find it and you're like, man, that was a really good podcast and it was a really good story and you know what, I would like to just taste it. It's it's a convenient 200 milliliter bottle. That's probably the best part of this whiskey. It's a small bottle. Go ahead. That, I'm, that's it's, it. That's it's, it. Sorry. You, yeah, no. If, There's no sorry. If you find this or something similar in the blended, blended whiskey, <laughs> is that what we should call that? Is a blended, blended? Because uh, it's technically a, whiskey. Even the the black velvet was a Canadian blended whiskey, and it was more than twenty percent <laughs> right. whiskey. But anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. So if we really, if you had to, if you're in a fraternity or a sorority, and you want to. <laughs> Mix a whiskey into something where you will barely taste the whiskey. This could be your go-to, but spend some money and go get the crown. Go get the crown? Good Lord. I don't even know 45 seconds. Here's my 45-second synopsis. One, if you are drinking this on a regular basis every single day, <laughs> I would encourage you to call a hotline. There are people out there. Meetings are free. Meetings are free. In all honesty, alcoholism is a real thing. Take care of yourself. Two, if you are in that 21-year-old age, 22-year-old age, and you're looking for a bottle that could fit in a cowboy boot when you are going to a Red Dirt concert, this is a phenomenal whiskey to do so with. You can easily save some money doing that. Cool. On that note. You did it. We will catch all of you next time, and I appreciate you for listening.